everyone, especially right now to our friends who are online uh, that are either joining us live, maybe you're with us on uh, YouTube, Facebook, ccmonline.org, or you're uh, with us later on in the week on the podcast. We're, we're grateful that you're here with us. Uh, as we always like to say, uh, we'll be receiving communion together, and so if you have a moment to uh, run into your kitchen or maybe your pantry or wherever you have some crackers or some bread and some juice or whatever, uh, we'll be receiving communion together today, so make sure that you do that. And uh, we're grateful to have you with us, and uh, we say to you online and to our friends in the room, uh, happy Juneteenth. Juneteenth, and we celebrate uh, with the emancipation of our brothers and sisters and are grateful for that. And also we say happy Father's Day uh, to the men uh, in the room and online. For those uh, who have uh, little ones or big ones uh, on the planet or you just you teach uh, uh, children or anyways, we know that the guys are fathers in one way or another. So we say welcome to you. You are my oxygen. You 
So good morning, everyone. Yeah, and uh, I can't see, so I'm going to ask somebody with here, good eyes. Here. Oh, can you? Oh, look at that. It's go. amazing what happens. This is like a miracle. I was blind. And now you see. And now I see. So we are in the middle of this wonderful series called Spiritual Gifts. And, um, and let's see if it shows up correctly. Look at that. And Another miracle. <laughs> thank God for the miracle <laughs> of technology and electricity and, and people at the, at, you know, making all the miracles happen back there. Yeah. So good morning. Good morning. Happy Father's Day. You know that church on Mother's Day is packed and church on <laughs> Father's Day is packed on the lake fishing. <laughs> Golf course, maybe, I don't know. We were, we were on the lake this there morning. Our niece and nephew gave us their place for the week, which was just like a surprise. They called and said, hey, would you guys like to go spend the week at our lake house? Because we're going to the national championship. And by the way, so Ella McAllister, our very own Ella, is in, she won the national championship. Yeah, their team, in volleyball, their team, their team won the national did, championship. Which is really Last cool. Night. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. But we were driving home on the lake, and we were watching all the people playing golf and taking walks, and, and we were on our way there, and we said, you know, we've gone, we've gone to church on the golf course. We've gone to church on at the, at the lake. Course? I don't know if we've gone on the golf course. You don't think it's don't church when you, you and Josiah play and we well, have to yeah, play for you? No, but not on a Sunday morning. I mean, you, you're, you've been on a golf course like twice in your life. So. Yes, I'm a and very good golfer. And those weren't Sundays. <laughs> but yeah, I guess technically I get what you're saying. Yeah, anyway, so my point being that um, yes, what is wherever point? we are, is be all there. You know, be, be present to God, be present to love, be present to your people. Um, I was, uh, it was wild because Jessica and Shane, they're in Italy right now. I don't know if any of you are friends with them uh, on social media, but they've been posting all this stuff from Italy. And um, they posted this magnificent sculpture of immigrants um, that is right outside the Vatican. It's in St. It's in Peter's Square. Mm -hmm. And I said, I think that's Nikki Schmaltz's brother sculpture. I think it is. And they're like, I said, go look. So they went and looked, and then I'm writing to Nikki, and Nikki's saying, yes, that is the, that's our family sculpture. And I just that's get cool. this um, wonderful uh, understanding of how small um, what we do is and how large the impact is when we share our lives with other people. Mm -hmm. You know, like every one of you last week, even when we prayed, and we said, we're going to listen for the voice of God. First, we're going to bless someone next to us. Mm -hmm. And then after you bless them, just say, God bless Scott today and all he's facing. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment in silence and see if there's anything else God might want for you to pray mm -hmm. for this person. Maybe even there's some kind of image or uh, whatever just that God might want to give. And then... After church, I can't tell you how many people ran up and said they started listing the things that they saw as they prayed for people. And, um, and Michael Searles, I think it, you could probably tell us in 30 seconds what you saw. Then we blessed Crossroads. Come on up, Michael. Then we blessed Crossroads, and we said, let's just speak a blessing over Crossroads and the work of Crossroads. It's kind of on the seat there. 
I've got right it. there. And we said, you know, we're going to bless the work of Crossroads. And then just if God gives you anything else to pray for Crossroads, feel free to do that. And, um, and so Michael, uh, as he prayed for Crossroads, will you tell our friends what you saw? Uh, when Claire said, and then think about Crossroads, and instantly this image came to my mind that in the center of the auditorium here, uh, many of you have probably seen springs before and how the water boils on top of the spring. This shot out to the ceiling and instantly filled the building and rivers were running in all directions outside. And it was just a, a flash image and it, awesome. it came to my mind that this is what God talks about, the living water. Mm -hmm. And we, the people of the church, were those rivers bringing that living water to the world. I mean, and that, that was all in that tenth of a second. Right. In a tenth right. of a second. Right. And then right after that, I said, this, I'm reminded of the mm -hmm. first vision that God ever gave metaphor for Crossroads Church. Yeah. And it was a fountain that sprung up and went to the north, the south, the east, and the west. For those of you who are in the room, you remember when I said that? Well, God gave that word to Michael before I said, God just reminded me of this fountain that came out and went mm -hmm. to the north, the south, the east, and the west. Yes. So I just want to say thank you for being brave to come up and tell me that afterward because yeah. that built my faith and reminded me of what God was saying. So can we thank Michael for stepping yeah. out in yeah. faith? And then there were a few of you, and he's an engineer. So I just want to say, like, he's, he, he's like a super logical guy, you know, and yeah. a, a scientist. And typically after a message, he'll bring up something from the web that science can confirm God, right? Yes, and yes. it's always fun, right? But that was just one of those, like, okay, beyond your cognition, your logic, there are ways for us to listen to God's voice now on this day, this very day. Yes. And, um, so good. And then as the weeks go on, some others of you might be brave too because others of you told me that there were things mm -hmm. that you felt prompted to pray for for another person or that you saw. And so whenever you're ready to do that, that's awesome. It doesn't have to be today. But the scripture told us, I don't want you to be ignorant about spiritual gifts. So this is what we've been talking about. Let's stand together and we'll read from mm -hmm. 1 Corinthians 12. Now, now about, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers, brothers and, and sisters, sisters, I do don't not want, want you, you to be uninformed, ignorant, misunderstand. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now, now to, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Wow. Yeah. So we know that the, we started this series on the day of Pentecost. 
and that, you know, um, Peter stood up and said these words, which was actually a fulfillment of the prophecy from the book of Joel chapter 2. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, say it with us, in these last Last days, days, God God says, I will will pour pour out my spirit spirit on all people. people. Your Your sons sons and daughters will prophesy. And your young, young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. dreams. And of course, that's how you figure out if you're an old man, is if you're dreaming dreams instead of having visions. Yeah. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a happy Father's Day to you. <laughs> so you may be seated. Yeah. So we've been talking about, uh, Claire and I have been wanting to do a few things uh, in this series. One is... Uh, Obviously, we want to stay centered in the scripture. We've encouraged you guys to really pay attention to 1 Corinthians uh, 12 through 14. So 12, 13, and 14, Romans 12, and um, also, uh, having a mental block, Ephesians 4, okay? So, uh, no, I I did do the homework. But anyway, those scriptures, those aren't the only scriptures on the activity of the Holy Spirit, um, but those are primary, okay? So those are good scriptures and the gifts of the Spirit in our lives and how they function. So we're trying to stay there. Now, we talked about last week, we we, actually we've been talking about the whole issue of cessationism. So the ceasing of the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the, the kind of theological posture that would say when the apostles... Um, died off, that the gifts of the Spirit, there was no need for them. Uh, and you can listen to the last couple of weeks and check that out. Um, but there's, we, we've begun to talk a little bit. One of the things we want to look at a little bit of history, where are the primary places that occurred? And last week we mentioned that um, John Calvin, uh, the spectacular theologian, one of the things that uh, Calvin taught was that the gifts ceased. And uh, part of that was motivated, a big part of that motivation for Calvin was, of course, Calvin was known as the theologian of the Reformation, Um, but a big part of that was trying to disprove what was going on in the Catholic Church, which basically was the Church until the Reformation. You, You do understand that when the Church kind of got organized and developed, it was the Catholic Church, then you get the Reformation, so you get the Protestant movement, right? So anyway, there's this pushback. Uh, in trying to uh, disprove really all Catholic theology. So basically there was a lot of activity going on in the Catholic Church. And like like any denomination, there was corruption, there's things going wrong. Um, And there should have been pushback against all of that. But this was a place where kind of the baby gets thrown out with the bathwater. So in an effort to try to disprove Catholic mysticism, among other things, it's not the only thing, um, there was this there was this theology that formed about uh, the ceasing of the gifts, okay? Because in no way did the reformers want to endorse the theology of the Catholic movement. So that was a that was problematic because there were things that should have continued to be embraced, and this was one of them. And we should all say, don't throw that baby out. <laughs> That's with right. With the bathwater, throw... right? Keep the good. Let go of what is no longer helpful or even incorrect uh, in our way of viewing God. Yes. So, And we don't want to, and obviously Calvin was an amazing theologian, and we don't want to throw out Calvin's, all of Calvin's theology, right? But we probably should all throw out 
some of all of our theology. Anyway, that's another conversation. So uh, another primary voice in this uh, cessation movement is a guy named Conyers Middleton. Conyers Middleton got a lot of pushback from John Wesley, actually. So Middleton's like middle 1700s, and one of his published uh, writings was entitled A Free Inquiry into the Miraculous Powers, which are supposed to have subsisted in the Christian church from the earliest ages through several successive centuries, okay? We've got just the kind of cliff note there in the outline. So Middleton's position was that he didn't, and again, and we mentioned this last week, is part of the problem with cessationism is there's no scripture that ever gets pointed to that says in the Bible that the gifts ended. Um, There's a vague reference to, in 1 Corinthians 13, but it's an improper reference. There's a vague reference to all these gifts will cease, but that is about end times. That's not about the days that follow, right? So it's not a good, it's about the end of time. It's not about... um, from the first century on. So Middleton, his big thing was he really came after the witnesses of the gifts. So especially, in particular, he loved to go after the martyrs in the early century. And um, he had three primary kind of positions. His first posture was that smart authorities don't believe in the supernatural. So basically anybody that does, uh, by, by inference, he was saying everybody that believes in spiritual gifts, just, you're just not smart, essentially. Um, and he, he, he didn't have any problem saying that to people either. That was kind of his uh, personality. Um, if something can be naturally explained, the supernatural can be discarded. And um, it reminds me of a story a friend of ours uh, we were talking with recently that used to be, he's in his early 30s, he used to be a gang leader, in a, not in this area, in a different uh, area. And um, he talks about his conversion experience. And he said, um, first, there was something that was going on with another gang and he was going to murder somebody. And he obviously wasn't a Christ follower at this time. And he said he planned it all out in his mind. He went through every step as to how he was going to do this, how he was going to meet up with this person and kind of end the problem in his opinion. And he said it was going to happen in three days. And he said about a day into that three days, he got called by an inspector. And he said the inspectors knew me pretty well. And this inspector called him into the uh, police uh, station and recounted everything that he had run through in his head. And he said, I didn't talk to anybody about what I was going to do. He told me the time. He told me where I was going to do it. He told me how I was going to do it. And he said, I was just sitting there like flabbergasted and trying to, trying to act like I wasn't guilty of what he was saying. But he said, everything this guy said. And he said, I didn't tell a soul. And he said, and I didn't speak it out loud. There was no reason for that. He said, so then I felt like my only option was to kill myself. Because if I didn't kill myself, somebody else was going to kill me because of the things that were going on. And he said, I took my 9 millimeter gun, I put it up to my head, and it jammed. And he said, I don't know if you've used a 9 millimeter gun, he said, but I had used a 9 millimeter gun a lot of times. Fortunately, he said, I never killed anybody, but I did shoot people with it. And he said, my 9 millimeter never jammed. And he said, when it jammed, I just dropped it, and I knew 
was two separate instances within like 48 hours. He said, I knew that God was real. And he said, I gave my life to Christ. And and the amazing part of this also is then then he married the daughter of like this uh, Christian sociologist who is Barna-like. He does this great work in Canada. And he, he talks about how um, the, this generation mm-hmm. is hemorrhaging and losing their faith, that young people are losing their faith. And one of the things this young man, uh, who we've just come into relationship with and gotten to know him, is he said, you know, nobody could convince me God's not real because of what happened to me. And, and here's our point. If all we have is what we filled our head with, and we have had no experience of God and God's care for us, God's love for us, God's personal touch in our lives, there will be a day that it gets rocked. And so knowing God in a way that is incarnate is really important for us. Mm -hmm. And of course, you know, you're not a gang member. I'm assuming that's not going to ever be anybody's story that I'm talking to right now. But what I am saying is that as we began last week, and Scott talked about being healed uh, before he ever gave his life to Christ, his finger getting healed, and not giving his life to Christ after that because he still wanted to do what he wanted to do. And he knew that once he gave his life to Christ, there might be some things God asked him to not do anymore. And so he wasn't ready for that. I want to say, when have you had an experience with God that you and God know that what happened was nothing anybody could have given you other than God, that God did it. Mm -hmm. God did that. And so this is really important as we look at the fact that if something can be naturally explained, the supernatural can be discarded, or some supernatural stories are so incredible they're not worthy of refuting, And this is why relationship matters, too. You know, it's like all the people who knew blind Bartimaeus knew that he was blind, and then he could see, right? I mean, when you know someone who gives you their story and you say, you know, that's, I, oh, my gosh, that is the story of God. So here's what we want to say. Yeah, so the gifts of the Spirit are released under the Holy Spirit's guidance to equip every member of the body of Christ for the common good. So that inspector had a gift, whether it was a word of knowledge, a word of prophecy, whatever it was, it saved this young man's life in multiple ways. So can we just give thanks to God for that, that God is able... Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So the gifts of the Spirit are for the common good. So um, the Scripture references that it's for the building up of the body. Um, Some would call that for the encouragement of the body or the encouragement of others. The edifying of the body is kind of the old language that would be used. Um, The gifts of the Spirit are intended to be an extension of God's love in a tangible way in order to draw the, the recipients and the people that are involved closer to God. 
The gifts of the Spirit are to draw people closer to God. So the reason why we say it's for the common good, like some would say that the gifts of the Spirit are only for the building up of the body, and the Scripture does say that, but it goes beyond that. And we all know, just like reading through the Gospels or reading through the book of Acts, for instance, how many times... The gifts of the Spirit, a gift of the Spirit, Holy Spirit is released and somebody gives their life to Christ or multitudes of people give their life to Christ, right? So it's for the common good, general, it's, it's for the building up. The second thing is the uh, spiritual gifts are tools to equip every member of the body of Christ. So the scripture tells us that the gifts are for anyone that gives their life to Christ. Spiritual gifts are given... Uh, but they are like tools. So uh, just think of this analogy. You could build a house or a shelter without tools. You could do it. You wouldn't do a very good job, but you could build a shelter without tools. Um, but how much better is it to build it with tools, right? So what the scripture doesn't say is that if you don't function in spiritual gifts that you're not a Christ follower at all. It's just tools that have been given to us to do a better job of building the lives we've been called to build and also building the things that God wants us to put our hands to. Make sense? Yeah, and one of our professors, C. Peter Wagner, you know, one of the things that he talks about, the 29 gifts of the Spirit, mm-hmm. and he was a part of, um, you know, a, uh, a cessation church in his early years, and he, in his elder years, in his 70s, he taught at Fuller, Uh, theological seminary, in his elder years, he began to see that he needed more than just his brilliant intellect Mm -hmm. and that God might want to do some other things. So he started to look at the 29 gifts of the Spirit. And that's not to limit God in any way, but he lifts, he lists those uh, for you. And we'll have those as references on the website if you want to read books um, that can help you grow in these things. Because friends, I don't know if you've ever noticed, but sometimes your natural is just not enough when you face into some things that need a little more than your natural. Yeah. I mean, if you have one PhD, you don't have two. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we, what we know is that we are limited within these natural bodies. We have been limited. And, you know, that's good because then we can actually rely on God for what is beyond your human limitations. And I just want to say thanks be to God for that. When my dad was dying of cancer and God gave us a word, Mm -hmm. you shall not die but live and declare the works of your God. Mm -hmm. And so we gave my dad that word and we asked, we said, can we anoint you with oil and pray for you? And he said, absolutely. He was 70 years old. We anointed him with oil. God healed him. He never had chemo. He never had, never had uh, radiation. He, it, was, it was one of those things like not only that, but when my dad went in for the, an operation, we were in the uh, waiting room with my mom and prayed with my mom. And she said she felt peace just drop over here from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. And she recommitted her life to Christ. And she had, she said, I don't know, I went through a dark time and I didn't believe in God anymore. My dad got 23 more years. And then his daughter was diagnosed with cancer at 50, same kind of cancer. And God spoke to me and said, don't pray for healing, pray for her to have a relationship with me. 
And, I, I, you know, that was hard. It was like, she's 50. And we prayed, and she gave her life. She gave her life to Christ, and she went home to heaven. And I want to say, friends, we don't, we're, God is in control. We are not, right? But we're listening. What is it you want me to pray? How do you want me to walk with you, Jesus? Because you have problems, you have friends who have problems, you have neighbors who have situations, and God is the same God today as God has always been. And wouldn't it be nice if we actually were walking with God in such a way that we were able to partner with God to see God's kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven? We're not in control, we're listening. How can we partner with the work of the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit, these spiritual gifts are released under the power of the Holy Spirit. Everybody say amen. Under the power and under the guidance. This is really important because if we're going to talk about cessationalism, you also need to talk about kind of the other extreme. Continuationalism. Yeah, but but not continuation, but where, where... Uh, The theology that the gifts, for instance, the gift of healing, let's just take the gift of healing, that for someone not to be healed, there is a theological posture that for someone to be prayed for and not healed, there's either a problem with faith, there's some problem with the person, problem with the person praying. You're not praying the scripture properly. You're not living right, putting blame on either the person praying or the person who's being prayed for. Exactly. And what gets forgotten is the, so the gifts are given by the Holy Spirit and also are released under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So at the end of the day, you're called to be in tune, to, to have entombment with God, okay, to be aligned with God and then to engage so what so, was the example you gave me this week? Well, we're, think of it this way. We're, con, we're, we're conduits and containers, right? So we're conduits of the Holy Spirit. We're containers of the Holy Spirit, all right? And um, some would say that everyone that, you know, for instance, you take the scripture in Psalm 103, um, and I pray this scripture often when I'm praying for people. The scripture says to forget none of God's benefits, right? And at one point it says, God heals all of your diseases. Now, some would take that scripture and say, that means God wants to heal every disease, every time, in every situation, right? On earth. Right? So then the problem has to be the person either receiving or praying. There's a problem with the people. However, the inconsistency with that is, again, you've got to go back to scripture and and think of things like the Apostle Paul, right? Paul maybe um, in Scripture maybe functions in the gift of healing uh, outside of Jesus is maybe the greatest example of someone with a gift of healing or a gift of evangelism. So at one point in the book of Acts, Paul is literally, it gives this indication that he's frustrated because he goes to Asia and the Scripture says he's got kind of angst because not many people are giving their life to Christ. So, for whatever reason, the Holy Spirit is not releasing that gift of evangelism through Paul. Now, when you talk about healing... Yeah, yeah. what I want to say about that, because then people would say, well, those people probably weren't receiving. And so then again, it puts... It's like, okay, well, that... That's because people weren't being obedient. Mm -hmm. But the example I love is that Paul told Timothy to take a little wine for his stomach. Yeah, you're talking about healing. So Paul's a great example, uh, again, of 
of the Holy Spirit not releasing that gift through Paul's life. Obviously, Paul would have prayed for Timothy. Right. Why didn't Timothy get healed? Paul tells Timothy, just drink a little bit of wine for your bad stomach. Um, It wasn't (laughs) as if Paul didn't pray for him. It's not that Paul didn't pray for him. So I think we need to understand anybody who puts that on you to make you responsible for whether healing happens or not or the person who's being prayed for, it's just not helpful. Yeah. So let's let that go and know that sometimes you just might need a little wine for your stomach or Maalox or whatever the the (laughs) case may be. So our responsibility is attunement, okay, to being Being in tune with the spirit, right, to be in alignment with the spirit. So um, we just, we want to be better hearers. When Claire took us through that practice last week, it's that we become better hearers. Sometimes we're just not listening. We're not in attunement. We just, we all need to be better at that, right? And then we do have a responsibility of engagement. Like, it is important. God gives us the privilege of being a part of miracles, the gifts of the Spirit being released on the earth, but you got to engage. Seriously, and it is such a privilege to be a part of engagement. Mm -hmm. Right? It's a privilege. So whether it's the cessationalist view or the continuationist view, where we say God continues to work and still gives gifts of the Holy Spirit to the church, it doesn't mean that we're in charge. It still means we want to be in alignment. Amen? So Jesus said it this way, my food is to do the will of the one who sent me and to complete his work. So I want to ask you all, what gifts do you have that will continue the work of Christ? So consider that for a minute. What gifts do you have that will continue the work of Christ? In the book of Hebrews, it says solid food. So Jesus says, it's my food to do the work. And then in Hebrews, it says solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained their senses. Can you all say trained their senses? Trained their senses. To distinguish good from evil. And we won't get into this a lot today, but we want to say... Church is for training our senses so that when we go out, we're actually in alignment and engagement with the God who loves us. So when training your senses requires your attention and intention, and spiritual practices matter. So we're going to practice in these final moments together as the team comes up. We read scripture to hear a word that doesn't just inform us, but will transform us all. You know, when my dad got that word that you shall not die but live and declare the works of your God, I got to tell you, he was happy that that word was brought to him. And it actually came from Nancy Sharpley through me to him, right? Or how about for you, Greg, when Rhody was healed of cancer? How about that? When you, she wrote a hundred scriptures down, right? And took them like medicine every day. And she just read these hundred scriptures over herself. And then what we've done since then is we've given those scriptures to people and just say, just see if there's one that God is popping out for you that God wants to talk to you about. Because what God gave Rhodey is not necessarily what God will give you to walk through the valley of the shadow. But God has something to walk with you. God has something that will transform us all. And if we're bold, like if we could actually have a little bit of courage to say, I think this might be my gift. I have the gift of encouragement. So God might want me to just go up to somebody and say, how can I encourage you today? What's happening in your life? 
or I have the gift of service. Do you have a floor I can come and help wash? Right? I have gifts of administration. Can I be a part of doing this or that? I have gifts of whatever they might be. And so I just want us to start to ask God, what are my spiritual gifts and how can I train my senses to work alongside God? Right? Because then you'll see something in a prayer time. You'll be like, oh, I don't even know what that meant. Why did I see that? That's interesting. And then you don't have to know. You can just tell someone, you know, I saw this while I was praying for you. And they might say, oh, that's really interesting. Or that didn't mean anything at all. And then you say, okay, no harm done and go home. But you, you never know until you make yourself available. We read scripture to hear a word that doesn't just inform us, but transforms us all. So Lectio Divina is reading scripture with the Holy Spirit who is in charge of the text. We listen for a word or a phrase that stands out, invites challenges or whatever. You. So you know how when you read the scripture and you say, oh, I think that word was for me. I was going to read the whole chapter of John 17, but as soon as I got to, and I pray that they'd be one, I stopped. And I couldn't get past it for an entire week. And then all of a sudden, I was with some people that were Catholic and Protestant. You know, I said, oh, maybe this is what Jesus is talking about in John 17, that maybe we could be one. So I'm going to invite you just to listen. We're going to read this over you twice. Maybe you get out your paper or your phone and allow a word or a phrase that seems to come up for you to stay with you. Now, about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I don't want you to be uninformed, ignorant, or misunderstand. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. And to another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still another, the interpretation of tongues. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still, to another, the interpretation of tongues. Just take a moment in reflection and see which of those gifts might have caught your attention.
as we read again, just allow the scripture to deepen, to allow God to be in charge of the text. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, ignorant, misunderstand. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given a Spirit, a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. So take another moment in the quiet. Just take a little note and say what word or phrase stood out for you. What captured your attention? Have you had any experience with God around that word or phrase? Allow your memory to serve you here in alignment with God. Or is there a desire to experience this word or phrase that you'd like to name to God right now? I wonder about that, God. I don't, I don't know about that. Or I'd like to know more. Just be as honest as you're able with God around these things. Whether you've thought gifts ceased or you've seen the abuse of gifts and it's been harmful to you, just get honest with God here. And then one last time, and we'll allow this passage to awaken whatever God would like to awaken in us. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed, ignorant, or misunderstand. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. 
Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by the means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. And to another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. Will you stand with us? Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above ye heavenly hosts. Praise Father. Son and Holy Ghost. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him. So today as we leave and go into this coming week, try to remember to uh, allow the Holy Spirit to minister this word to you today. Um, it's thank we're thankful for the information that we've heard. It gives us better understanding. And it's good to remember that no one is giftless. Amen? Amen. No one's giftless. So, so today as we leave... Fathers, we wish you a happy, happy Father's Day. Enjoy the weather. God's blessings be upon you. And I'm going to read this blessing from Philippians because I think it's a really cool blessing. Would that be okay? <laughs> May God give peace to you, my Christian brothers and sisters, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. May God's grace and blessing be upon all who sincerely love our Lord Jesus Christ and to our brethren around us. Remember that as God blesses us, as God reveals his spirit to us through the Holy Spirit, as God reveals through the Holy Spirit the gifts and the blessings that we receive, 
it's good to acknowledge them for ourselves and to remember that with everyone with whom we come in contact, to pay it forward, to allow our blessing to be their blessing as well through love, grace, and mercy. God bless you all. Have a great week.